Hey, greetings everyone. Lieutenant Colonel Allen West here and welcome to the Steadfast and Loyal Show. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Steadfast and Loyal Program. Lieutenant Colonel Allen West here. You know, having served 22 years in our military, we took an oath to support and defend the Constitution of the United States of America. And the very first liberty that you have, the very first thing that is mentioned in your Bill of Rights in the United States Constitution, you know, those first 10 things, is the freedom of religion and the free exercise thereof. But something that is happening here in the United States of America and definitely to the north of us with our neighbors in Canada. And we're here to talk with Pastor Artur Pawlowski. He is a Polish-Canadian street preacher and a political activist. He is noted for encouraging truckers to hold fast during the Canadian convoy protest at Kutz. He was found guilty of mischief. Now, I'm trying to understand that. Maybe the pastor will help me because... I have a little grandson that is always guilty of mischief and violating his release conditions. He continues his work on the streets with Streets Church Ministries and is currently facing four trials for his stand in defending human rights. I'm joined now with Pastor Arturo Pawlowski. Pastor, thank you so much for joining us today. How are you doing? Thank you so much for having me on your show. Well, we are standing strong. We're not quitting. Um, we know that in the end of the day, we win because we've read the Bible and we know how the story ends. However, in the meantime, we have to keep plowing. We have to keep yes. shining on the darkness that has crippled the entire earth, not just here behind the Iron Curtain in China, as I call it, but around the world. You know, you grew up, uh, you were born, grew up some in Poland. Uh, before the wall came down. What are the similarities that you're seeing uh, of those times that you're facing in Canada now from what you saw growing up in Poland behind the Iron Curtain? Well, propaganda. I mean, that's the first thing that you notice where you have uh, so-called mainstream media that are openly and nonstop lying to the people. Uh, without shame you know that they have been bought and paid for when you have so-called representatives the servants of the people that are only serving themselves when you have officers of the law in uniforms breaking the criminal code of canada when you have officers breaking your human rights and constitution you know you are in trouble so those are the similarities that I see. Of course, economy. Under every totalitarian regime, the regime creates two categories of people, extremely powerful and rich, and the rest of them slaves. I have never, ever seen in a history and during my lifetime a bigger 
attack on the middle class. This is the greatest elimination of the middle class ever attempted in the history of mankind. Why? Because the wannabe pharaohs, the elites, as they call themselves, the globalists, they want to have the power. They want to be the rich ones. And the rest of us, well, we are slaves. You will own nothing. You will be eating crickets and bugs. Hmm. And you will be, like in Calgary, riding a bicycle in minus 35, while at the same time, they're flying in their private jets, eating the most expensive Japanese steaks and uh, you know, driving SUVs. So that's what I saw growing up. I saw... Uh, 50,000 communists that were ruling with iron fist, 36 million Polish people. And of course, that's just Poland. But then there was an entire half of the world that was being ruled by psychopathic evil lawbreakers. And that's exactly what we're observing right now. You have the globalists, the elites, the wannabe pharaohs doing whatever they want. And yet, at the same time, in the same breath, they're telling the rest of us that we are not allowed to do it. So, um, I mean, that's why I started to call my beloved Canada, China, and I started to tell people we're truly living behind the Iron Curtain because this is not a democratic country anymore. We are truly living in a police state, a totalitarian regime that unfortunately is not stopping. And that's my warning to Americans. Uh, when I was touring your beautiful nation, uh, quite often I was approached by Americans and they would say to me, well, this will never happen to us. We have a, yeah. a declaration of independence. We have the constitution of United States of America. And I would look at them and say, like, don't you get it? Tyrants don't care about your piece of paper. Yeah. The globalists don't care about your human rights. You must care about your piece of paper. You must stand up for the future of your children. Because if you don't do it, they will keep pillaging and stealing and destroying what the forefathers or find, finding fathers created. You know, it's interesting you say that because uh, in my time in the military, uh, I was stationed overseas when the Iron Curtain was still up. And I got the opportunity to go through Checkpoint Charlie over to East Berlin. And I was absolutely appalled and shocked when you get to see the other side. You get to see the police state, the East German Stasi. You get to see the totalitarian uh, state. You get to see that tyranny. You, see, you get to see the lack of happiness, just depression on the faces of the people. Uh, and when I, we came back through on the other side, we were all committed and understood exactly why we were there. And I remember reading about the old Soviet Union, how they had the Politburo, which, you know, if you're above the cut line, like you're saying, you're eating the caviar, you're living, life is good and everything. But if you're below that cut line, which they decide, uh, then all of a sudden, like you just articulated, you're out there riding a bicycle in a minus 30 degree temperatures while they're going around in an, S in an SUV. And that's why we wanted the wall to come down. But somehow this has crept over into Western democracies now. How have you seen this come about in, in Canada through you know, the prime minister there and, and through the governing agencies and, and even in the police, because I want to talk about what happened to you after you were arrested. And I think you spent uh, about 50 days in, in prison and some of the ways that you were treated there, clear violations of your human rights. 
Yes. I mean, how it happened? Well, they were making this for a very long time. And, you know, we have to understand that this is not the first attempt. They've tried that for hundreds of years, if not for thousands of years, to subdue the people, the wannabe pharaohs, the elites, those that think that somehow they are better than the rest of the people. So they were making this from time to time, but always people were rising up. I mean, solidarity movement, that's what I saw growing up in the 80s when finally the millions had enough and they said, yeah. that's it, it's over. We're not going to cooperate. We are not going to work for the tyrants anymore. We must rise up, stand up, take it to the streets for the sake of our children. But how this crept in into our beloved nations here indoctrination in schools they were making this for decades they were making sure just like during the times of my childhood that the next generation is completely brainwashed or brainless that would only follow orders without thinking they are creating and i must say i think they succeeded in creating a society that will do everything and anything as long as the paycheck is coming, as long as they have secured pension. Literally, here in Canada, in my beloved Alberta, the officers that I challenged during those past three years would tell me without a shame, I'm doing this because I'm just following orders. I'm doing this because I have a mortgage to pay. I'm doing this because if I don't do it, they will take my pension away from me. So they were willing to break everything, to destroy their humanity, to walk away from everything that is good and decent, only to keep their dollars flowing. So what happened was, I believe that we have become self-centered, selfish, me, I, and myself society that only cares about today, what I can get today. And we have forgotten the blessing, the God of the blessing, put it this way. I find it fascinating where in the Bible, the Israelites, so the children of God are being promised a promised land. And God says to them those words, when you will receive... When you will take the promised land and the houses you have not built and the vineyards you have not planted, just do not forget about me. Because why? He is the one that is giving us all those blessings. And let me just suggest something to you. North America was built on the promise, promise of freedom and prosperity, mm -hmm. a promise where God is welcomed where where the pilgrims came to our nations they came looking for freedom they came and they called this land a new world a world without persecution many of them tens of thousands fled europe a persecution to come to united states and canada to start all over again where a man can work hard and achieve something for the next generation when a man can worship his god without fear of the government cracking on him and we as a societies we walked away from god quite often when i was touring your beautiful nation and i believe america is one of the most amazing places on earth I mean, it's absolutely phenomenal. Um, I remember um, having those feelings and um, about about freedom and uh, and I reminded people and I did 
everything I could to keep reminding them. And I want to do that again today, that if you want your liberties, if you want your freedom, you must invite God of freedom. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty, there is yep. freedom. Yep. Who comes to Jesus Christ is free indeed. We must go back to the foundation. We must go back to the basics. What made Canada and United States of America so powerful, so strong, so blessed? It was because it was formed or built on the foundation of God. It was a Judeo-Christian faith heritage, and that's the thing that I try to, you know, emphasize to people. There's no doubt that as you read our Declaration of Independence, you read our Constitution, you understand the foundations, that it was based upon that Judeo-Christian faith heritage. Now, I just want to transition and talk to you about Help me to understand guilty of mischief. Now, you were out there preaching to the uh, truckers doing the truckers uh, convoy protest. You were not asking for them to do anything that was violent, but yet you were, you know, arrested, charged and found guilty of mischief. Can you help me understand what guilty of mischief is? Because that is just perplexing to me. Well, um, in the Criminal Court of Canada, when you're being charged for mischief or inciting mischief, that means the government doesn't have anything. It's a made-up stuff to harass any political dissident, anyone that disagrees with the government, anyone that dares to say or do anything that the totalitarian government doesn't uh, like. It's a thought crime. Uh, that's what it is. I mean, there's nothing really attached to it. Mischief. What is mischief? Well, if the cop uh, believes you have committed mischief, uh, how are you going to prove it that you didn't? Uh, he doesn't have to prove mm -hmm. that you did. I mean, just being in the wrong, uh, at the wrong time in the wrong place, it's it could be mischief. So what happened to me? I have become. Um, I, the, the people started to call me Canada's pastor or freedom pastor after, especially after I refused to shut down our church. Yeah. I, here's what I do. I am a pastor of two churches. The first one is feeding thousands of people on the streets of Calgary called Street Church. But I also pastor another church in the building. When they came telling me to shut down the soup kitchen, I said no. When they came telling me I must shut down the church, in a in the middle of the greatest crisis we have ever seen i said no and my video the get out video uh, was watched over a billion times it was the number one video played around the world and embarrassed them so they came with a vengeance and i have become a target of an ongoing political vengeance that's what it is this has nothing to do with keeping people healthy or safety or nothing else or criminal activity this is a personal or personalized political vengeance by those people that were embarrassed on a global scale so what i did i was invited by the truckers and the farmers to do a church service in Calgary. So I did one in the evening. I did another one in the morning. Off they went to Ottawa. Then the truckers started to rally in Milk River and Coots. Coots is Montana, Alberta point of entry. So mm -hmm. I was invited to come there and do a series of church services. So I did. We brought 
food for the truckers. So we, um, I brought with me my son Nathaniel and a singer. Uh, we had, uh, you know, we were singing hymns and national anthem. I delivered a, a message. We had Lord's Supper, a Holy Communion. Then I went to Kutz as well. The only blockage on the streets uh, was done by the RCMP. RCMP is like your FBI. Mm -hmm. They blocked the street. I went to them and I asked if they would let me go to Kutz. They opened the barricade and off I went to Kutz. I did another church service there. Here is what I said. I told Canadians to stand up for God and state-given rights, to do it peacefully. Three times during my 19-minute sermon, I told them, no guns, no swords. This is a peaceful revolution. Stand for your rights, hold the line, but do it solidarity style. Do it Mahatma Gandhi style. Do it Martin Luther King Jr. civil rights movement style, peacefully. Just simply paralyze their system by refusal to work. And it was that sermon that the crown prosecutor decided to go after me for. He accused me of causing Canadian economy over $400 million worth of damages for my speech. Mm. He compared my sermon to Rwanda genocide. He said <laughs> that what I said to the truckers was like someone inciting murder on other people. So ultimately, I was arrested by RCMP, so like your FBI, I was arrested by SWAT team. Um, they uh, blocked the entire street. It was a truly takedown of El Chapo of Calgary or Al Capone of Canada. I was interrogated for hours, taken to prison, stripped naked, put in metal cages, solitary confinement, dragged from my solitary confinement to a concrete solitary confinement, no water, no washroom, kidnapped by sheriffs, taken hundreds of miles away to a max spot for the most dangerous terrorists in a country and then to a psych ward without the evaluation of the doctors without the knowledge of alberta health services everything they've done was illegal ultimately we met with the judge and the judge heard the accusations no witnesses were called my speech my words according to the judge was sufficient to found me guilty on eco-terrorism and inciting mischief he said that everyone that took part in a truck convoy was a criminal. And what I said was wrong. Telling people to stand up for the God and state given rights and do it peacefully was a criminal behavior. It was inciting criminal activity, according to this judge. So August the 9th, I am to appear before that judge and he is going to sentence me. He has 10 years at his disposal. Also, he accused everyone that participated in a truck convoy. Also, he called them criminals and guilty of mischief. So it's absolute craziness. I am the first Canadian in the history of this country that has been found guilty on inciting mischief. I am the first one in the history of this country that has been charged with this eco-terrorism. And now I am found guilty on eco-terrorism. I delivered my church service. We had the Lord's Supper. We were singing hymns on private property. And not once I was encouraging people to do anything violent or illegal. What I said to the people is stand for God and state given rights and do that for your children and the future of your children. And that that's what bothered the Canadian government. And they are coming with a vengeance. I was 
um, blackmailed in the past two months. I was told if I don't give them $150,000 and if I will not withdraw myself from political arena, because I have become the leader of a, a political party in the province of Alberta called the Solidarity Movement of Alberta. If I don't quit, if I don't stop talking about corruption in the conservative government here in Alberta, then the judge is bought and paid for and he's ordered to put me back in prison. Yeah, because right now you're under house arrest from what I've read. But don't you see that this is totally ironic? Here you are, a young man that was born and grew up in Poland during the time of communist Poland. Uh, you know about the solidarity movement of Lech Walesa, Walesa that was also supported by Pope John Paul, uh, who was Polish. It was also supported by Margaret Thatcher. It was supported by Ronald Reagan. And here we have our neighbors to the north you know, doing exactly to you what you thought you were fleeing and escaping by coming to, to Canada. I mean, am I the only one that, that sees this hypocrisy and this foolishness? I thought that you had the right to petition your government for redress of grievances. You did this, you know, peacefully. I think that they are setting you up to be the next Lech Walesa of, of, uh, of uh, Canada. Do you, I mean, do you see it that way with what they're doing? Well, I know that in the end of the day, my life doesn't belong to the judge or the premier. My life doesn't belong to the crown prosecutor. My life belongs to God. I wouldn't powerful. be doing that's powerful without without his backing. I mean, I would be too scared. My life was endangered. They put my house on fire. Um, they unscrewed tires of my pickup truck. I was physically attacked. My church was vandalized for three weeks. They broke and they stole my equipment. I mean, we have been subjected to unbelievable things. Believe it or not, I was charged 340 times uh, 16 arrests and over 120 court cases. I think I've broken some kind of a historical record in a country of Canada. So um, I don't know what they are doing, but I know that God, in the end of the day, he gave me a promise. What enemy meant for evil, mm -hmm. God turns that around for good. So I wouldn't be involved in political realm if it was not for this attack. I would not become the leader of a political party in the province of Alberta if it was not for the arrest. When I was in solitary, they took my Bibles away. They took my glasses mm. away. And you're sitting in a very small, solitary confinement. You're being told that you're the most dangerous inmate, that no one can even talk to you on, or interact with you. I started to think, uh, I think they're not going to let me live my life. So if that's the case, I must rise up. I must stand up. And if they don't want me to be a pastor, I will become a pastor politician. And what was chasing me yesterday, I guess... I will be chasing tomorrow. So that's where the idea came from. And they are not stopping. The level of corruption in your country and in our country is unbelievable. The whole foundation of our systems, all of the system, educational system, healthcare system, so-called justice system, political arena, mainstream media that is now a, a biggest propaganda ever, all of it is rotten to the core. So what we need to do, or I think what God is doing, he is elevating, he is lifting his people, his Davids that are willing to tackle the giants of the land. <clears throat> you know, 
I just saw the video of your son, Nathaniel, uh, who just recently, I think a couple of weeks ago, spoke at the European Union Parliament to a resounding ovation. And you also had the opportunity via you know, video to, to speak to them as well. Do you think that there is a rally cry that is going out that will cause the Canadian government, and I mean Prime Minister Trudeau, to stand down against this persecution against you? I don't know if this is going to happen now, uh, but I mean, I know politicians. I spend all my life uh, around politicians. And I'm telling you the one thing that they fear the most is exposure. Mm -hmm. And that's why I'm doing this show with you. I uh, reached to my American friends and I said, I'm being blackmailed. They're telling me if I don't keep my mouth shut, then I'm going to prison. So I don't work for the devil. I don't work for the liars. I work Amen. for God. And if the devil is telling me to keep my mouth shut, that means that's my cue to climb a rooftop and start yelling about what's happening. And that's what I've decided to do. Exposure, you know, those are like cockroaches and they spread their diseases everywhere. But when you put the light, when you mm -hmm. shine on what they're doing, they flee, they run. So that's what I'm hoping. I'm hoping that if some powerful people in your country or maybe in other countries will put some political pressure on the tyrants or like my son called Justin Trudeau Castro Caligula. When you put pressure on those modern day Caligulas, those mad emperors, hopefully they will uh, realize, okay, Pawlowski is just not worth it. Because if they lock me up, I'm telling you, unless they murder me there, which they tried, their five different mm. inmates already testified that the guards were giving them incentives to murder me in prison. Uh, but as long as I'm living and able to speak, I will be doing shows. I will be speaking to the whole world about the treatment of a clergyman that just simply was with the people, giving them messages of peace and hope. And if that's unacceptable during the 21st century, then we're completely lost. That's why I need help. I need Americans come to the rescue, come to the rescue. We need to be rescued. When I was in a plane coming to do a tour in the United States, of course, after they arrested me stepping out of the plane, because how dare I tell Americans about what's happening behind the Iron Curtain in China that I remember he said to me, tell Americans, tell the American people that it's time for this great eagle to rise up again and start flapping its wings. You see, you've done it before. You rescued mm -hmm. us before. Now it's time for America to come and rescue us again. You're a power horse. Your nation has been powerful and strong and that strength we needed again. You rescued Poland when I was living behind the Iron Curtain, now I need Americans to come and rescue us behind this Iron Curtain in Canada. Have you had a lot of communications with pastors down here in the United States of America? Do you feel that you're getting support from the body of Christ here in, in our country? Sam, I mean, we have to understand that a majority of the so-called clergymen failed their fate, their failed Jesus, they betrayed him for all kinds of things. There are three categories of people I'm talking about, Azovs that sold his birthright for a, a bowl of soup. Mm -hmm. 
-hmm. and the people sold Jesus for comfort. I don't want to suffer today. Then you've got Judas's Iscariots that sold their faith and their God and Jesus for a silver coin. And then you've got Peter's. Peter's were scared to death. They were just terrified. They were afraid. But there is hope for Peter's. So Peter's are now coming back. They realize what happened to them, that they were paralyzed by fear. And of course, perfect love casts all fears yeah, away. Yeah. Um, so there is no hope for Judas's Iscariots and there, are, there is no hope for Azabs. But there is hope for Peter's and Peter's are coming. So those that sold Jesus for either a bowl of soup or silver coin, uh, well, they don't, they hate me because I'm exposing their cowardice. However, Peter's, and others that were brave, the Davids, the Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego's, that were refused to bow uh, before the golden muzzle, as I call it, and they went to the fire, uh, they are reaching out and they are praying. I, I know that there's thousands upon thousands of people that are praying for me and for my family, and I'm very grateful uh, to that. And there are people that are trying to support us. Uh, to get a lawyer, to have a lawyer. My son was arrested and now he is facing the wrath of the government after he gave that speech um, in front of the European Parliament. So the fight is crazy, but we know that in the end of the day, we know that we win because Jesus said on that cross, it is finished. We know how the story ends and we know we win in the end. The enemy just doesn't know it yet. So our job, your job, is very simple. Just keep roaring like the lion that God wants us to be. We are, after all, following the lion from the tribe of Judah. And we must, we must keep plowing. We cannot quit. We have a saying in our church, winners never quit, quitters never, never win. win. They don't. You know, one of the things I'm going to do for you, and we're, we're going to figure out how to get this to you, is... Um, I designed this tomahawk called the Black Robe Regiment Tomahawk. If you know the history of the American Revolution, you had many pastors that came out of the pulpit and they went down and fought and they led regiments against the British then. And it has up here 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 2-5, through 5, telling you to preach the word in season and out. And what we're going to do is get your name inscribed uh, here, Pastor uh, Pawlowski, and we're going to make you part of the Black Road Regiment. And like I said, we're going to get this to you uh, because you're doing exactly what we need pastors to do, to stand up and call evil evil. Uh, because right now there are too many people that, as it says in Isaiah, they are allowing good to be called evil, evil good, you know, light to be called darkness, darkness to be called light. And, and we cannot continue down on with this upside down world. So. I am honored that you would take the time to allow me to give you this platform so that you could inform people about what's going on to the north. And in the final couple of minutes that I have, what's your warning to pastors here in the United States of America? Well, that's very simple. They came for me. Be sure of it. They're going to come for you as well. I mean, that's not Pastor Artipolowski preaching. That's history preaching. We've seen this before. They're trying to do the same thing today. We must, 
rise up. We must become Bonhoeffers of today. If the pastors during the Nazi era, if all of those men of God or those that claim to be men of God, if they would rise up at that time, we would never have a Nazi party. We would never have uh, concentration camps and the things that Adolf Hitler with his minions did. If all the clergymen would stand in solidarity with each other against the communism, the atrocities that were done by Stalin would never ever happen. We must stand up together. If one of us is being attacked, that means all of us are being attacked. If one of us goes down, well, you're next. I said that to the Christians, to Canadians here for a number of months. I am your shield. They're attacking me. I stand between the villains and you. But when I go down, you're next. You're absolutely Be right. Be careful what you wish for. Be careful because if you don't support a man like me, who is going to stand up for you in the near future? You know, uh, King Solomon said in Ecclesiastes, there's nothing new under the sun. And so this has always been the goal of totalitarians and tyrants and the progressive socialists, leftists, and Marxists. Pastor Artur Pulowski, how can people support you? How can people follow you and learn more about what is going on and make sure that they're praying for you before next week and this uh, sentencing hearing that you have? Yes, you can follow us on our website, streetchurch.ca, streetchurch.ca, and you can support what we're doing. I will try to update um, with everything that is going on, uh, but the information is there. Also, we are on Rumble and other social networks as, as well. Uh, so uh, there's all kinds of ways that you can stay in touch and you can keep an eye on what's going on or if you have a wish or the desire to support us, uh, we'll greatly appreciate uh, for everything. Spread the word around. Let the people yes. know what is happening to your neighbor's uh, north. Because if we fall, then you're next. No, you're absolutely right. And the pressures that we see on America with the wide open borders to the south, open borders even to the north, but this type of persecution cannot happen. You, sir, are a hero. And you will be remembered for generations to come. And I believe that, as it says in the book of Esther, you've been called for such a time as this. So stay strong, stay vigilant, and always remember that no weapon formed against you shall prosper. And every tongue that rises against you in judgment, you shall condemn. For that's the heritage of the man that we love and that man that we serve, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and our Heavenly Father. So God bless you, Pastor Arthur Prolowski, and we will be in touch. And you're a recipient of the Black Robe Regiment Tomahawk. Thank you, sir. Thank you so much. God bless you. All right, that's it. You're amazing, okay? Thank you. All right, and we're going to get this out before your, uh, your hearing uh, next week, probably a little bit later on in this week, maybe Thursday, Friday. We'll make sure you get a copy of it. And uh, we're going to blast it everywhere, okay? Thank you so much. God bless you. God be and I'm with honored. You. I, I'm absolutely honored. Of course, I know about the Black Robe uh, Regiment. I met uh, some of the leaders when I was touring the United States with Claire Clark. And, mm -hmm. and, um, and it's a great honor 
it's a great honor. If we had something like this in Canada, I would be definitely part of that. So yeah. thank you. Thank you very much. You got it. You earned it. God bless. Thank you. God bless. Bye-bye. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us on this episode of the Steadfast and Loyal Program. Special thanks to Father Artur Pawlowski for joining us here and talking about some of the issues he is having up there with the Canadian government as far as freedom of religion. As always, if you enjoy this program, please share it with others and just click that like button. Until next time, steadfast and loyal. Before they burn it down.